0: Hey, good morning, church. Wow. It is amazing to be back with so many of you this morning. Yo, we spoke about making space at the beginning of the year, making space for God, making space for people. This is a lot of space. This is a lot of space. This is good. We've been talking about um, taking some growth steps as a community in J-Bay, and uh, this really is a growth step for me. So I'm journeying through that vision with you, and I wanted just to, at the start of the message, thank you all so much for being here this morning. Um I was, uh, you know, obviously planning and preparing what, and, and, and seeking the Lord on, on what to say this morning. And I, I felt like I just wanted to say right from the very beginning that um, please don't underestimate the value of what you're doing right now, gathering as the church. This is, you are Christ's bride and it means a lot to Him. It is really important. And so thank you so much for showing up, for serving, for giving, for worshipping. It's not a small thing. So I just, I just wanted to take a moment and actually honour you guys for, for, for doing that and for being, being part of it. You know, as Mike mentioned, I have the immense privilege of serving with and shepherding our community out in Father's House JB. So, if you can just give me a moment, I need to do a special shout out to the JB community. Hello, guys! I miss you this morning. I hope that you're having an amazing time. Thank you so much uh, to everyone that sent me messages of encouragement for today. Thank you for the birthday messages, and if you wish me a happy fortieth, okay, I turned thirty-five on Thursday, so. There'll be a special prayer line in the front of the service after church. You'll get a free Bible and a free backhand for your rudeness. To me, 35, okay? But um, as Mike mentioned, uh, Pastor George is there this morning, and I actually wanted to take a moment uh, just to honor him for the incredible role that he's played uh, both in my life and I'm sure in so many other people's lives. Um, it's hard to find a better communicator of the gospel than Pastor George. And um, I just wanted to take a moment and thank him for everything that he's done and is doing. Pastor George, please keep being obedient to the call of God on your life. Um, The world needs to hear you preach the gospel. Keep doing that. Please keep doing that. Um, And also, of course, to Pastor Mike and Pastor Vince, what incredible people that you have leading and guiding this community. Uh, And I've heard the news. Mike Mike is still recently married, as far as I know. I've heard all the, the honeymoon phase lasts as long as you wanted to. Now, that's what it is. Come, we're going to do Hitched on, on the 23rd. Come and join us there. But um, it really is my honour, church, to be sharing a word with you this morning that I feel the Lord place on my heart. And, you know, we actually say this a lot in j um, but we don't want you just to have a good experience of God this morning. We want you to have an authentic encounter with Him. You know, church is not just a religious activity that we do. It's a spiritual calling that we are. And so everything we're going to do this morning is going to point towards Him. It's going to point towards Jesus. And my prayer is that whether you've been in church one time, never, or this is your hundredth time, that we'll all lean in to what the Spirit is going to say to us this morning. You know, we, we exist as the church to worship God, to equip the saints, and to reach the world. That's it. And we're going to be doing all of that together. We've worshipped God. We're going to be equipping the saints, and then we're going to go out there with what we have, and we're going to make a kingdom difference where we are. Can you say amen to that this morning, church? So... What I've prepared for us this morning is an overflow of three things, basically. The first one is Ray Bevan. How amazing was Ray Bevan last week? And I was like, thanks, Ray. Tough act to follow after that one. Um, but he was he was phenomenal, and he shared something with the side pastors during the week that really resonated with me. Um, it actually got me to to do a little bit of digging and researching into some Scripture, and that's what I'm going to be sharing this morning. comes from there, secondly. Been a bit of a personal conviction uh, of my own lately, uh, and if I'm honest, I I don't feel like I've quite gotten over the the shockwaves, if you want to call it that, of Passover weekend. Um, there was just something so meaningful about that again. That you know, Jesus' death for me. That's that's still sitting with me. It's still moving me. Um, and lastly, this seems to be kind of a timely topic at the moment. It's come up in a lot of different conversations with various people at various times. So I feel like the Lord might want to. Uh, say something into this particular topic that I'm going to be sharing this morning. And I want, to, I want to lead by asking us a question. How good are you at saying no? I feel like there's some conviction happening already this morning in the house. How, how good are you at saying no? Um, you know what I'm talking about. right? I'm not talking about saying no to cheesecake or saying no to going shopping with your wife on a Saturday when the weather's good. I'm I'm talking about saying no to things that have, and that can have, an impact on the destiny that God has planned for your life. How good are you at saying no? Because here's the thing: heaven has a picture, heaven has an image of what your life could look like. But through the choices we make, through our own decisions, through our own actions, we also have this picture of what we sit with. And sometimes there's there's a disconnect, isn't there? Sometimes the image that we have looks a little bit blurry. Maybe it's a little bit pixelated. You know, maybe, there's some, maybe the lighting isn't so good on the image that we have in our hands. And this morning, my, the, the title of our message is 4K, in 4K. And I want to share with you how our ability to say no is directly linked to the quality of the image that we have which is the life that God has called you to live, the destiny that He has marked out for you. You know, it's that 1 Corinthians three fifteen concept. It's that, you know, saved, but the clothes still smell a little bit of smoke from a fire. You know that conversation. That's, that's where I'm interested at this morning. How do, we, how do we ensure that we have in front of us the ideal image of the life that God has designed for you? And uh, we're going to look at a character in the Bible that's sat with this exact disconnect, this exact tension that we're talking about. He's a really well-known guy, I suppose, not always for the best reason, as we're gonna discover just now, but there's some amazing lessons that we can learn from his story. And we're gonna discover this morning how holding your life up to the light enables us to say no to the things that can, that can distract, that can take away from the image that heaven has designed for you. So we're gonna look at the life of Samson this morning. And learn from his story how important it is to have this light, the light of God's glory, shining in our lives, so that we we achieve a spiritual success without unnecessary earthly regrets. That's where we're going. We want to achieve spiritual success without unnecessary earthly regrets. And now, I'm not for once saying that, you know. We don't go through wilderness seasons. Of course we do. And God is faithful. We've been singing about it all morning. But this is, the, this is that category of, of life where we have a choice to make. When we wake up tomorrow and go to our sphere of influence, when we get home to our families, we've got some choices to make. And this conversation this morning is going to be about how the light of God helps us say no so that we experience everything that He has in store. I'm going to share a fundamental or a key scripture with you in terms of this topic of light. And by the way, we know light is a theme that runs throughout the whole of Scripture, right? It's from the very beginning right the way to the very end. But look at this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is going to set the the foundation, it's going to set the groundwork of what we're going to discover this morning together as we look at Samson's life. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 4 verses 1 to 7. Paul writing to the church, and he says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, this is the new covenant ministry, God's God's grace, uh, we do not give up. Uh, because we were shown mercy. Instead, we have renounced secret and shameful things, not acting deceitfully or distorting the word of God, but commending ourselves before God to to everyone's conscience by an open display of the truth. But if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age, that's the enemy, has blinded, there's one of the themes that we're talking about, the minds of unbelievers, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, of the glory of of Christ, who is the image of God. For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And this is the the verse that I'm gonna focus on. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And then I'm sure most of us have probably heard this verse at some point. Now we have this treasure in jars of clay, so that the extraordinary power may be of God, and not of us. This is an incredible passage of scripture. In fact, we could speak, we could spend weeks unpacking it. We we actually uh, did a series on this in JaBay Bay recently. But is it okay if we just take a few moments and just nail down some some uh, kind of key points from this verse? Is it okay if we do a little bit of digging into scripture this morning? Is that okay? You guys with me? Can we just go? Five quick bullet point style key points on what this verse is saying. You guys, you guys with me on that? Okay, firstly, what is the light? According to this verse, what is the light? Well, that passage says the light is God's glory. Right? It's God's glory. That is the light. And it shines. It's seen in the face of Jesus. That's it. That's what the light is. It's the face of Jesus. He is the exact expression of who God is. In fact, Hebrews 1 verse 3 says He is the radiance of the glory of God. There it is. And He's the exact imprint of His nature. I love it how Scripture confirms itself. It's amazing. Um, So we know from this verse that that is the light. Jesus Himself is the light. In fact, He calls Himself the light in John 8, verse 12. Some of us probably know this verse as well. It's one of the great I am statements that Jesus makes. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. There's that theme again. But will have the light of life. So firstly, Paul is saying to the church here, this light of God's glory is revealed in the face of Jesus. That's what the light is. Secondly, where did the light come from? Where did the light come from? Well, we know it came from God, right? Isn't it a a beautiful parallel how he says that in the beginning, there was darkness in creation. And God spoke and he said, let there be light. And in us, when we're in spiritual darkness, there's also a creation of light that has to happen. God says let that light shine in our hearts it's a beautiful parallel God who created light in the beginning creates light again this time in our hearts to redeem us from that darkness the light is God and comes from God thirdly what the light isn't according to this verse this is this is really important the light isn't simply just knowledge of God see it says it's the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ it's the light of the knowledge You see, the devil himself has a lot of knowledge of Scripture. Remember, he quoted it to Jesus when he was tempting him. But the difference is he doesn't have the light of the knowledge of the Gospel of Christ shining through that knowledge. you guys seeing that this morning? He doesn't have the light of the Holy Spirit revealing God's glory. So having the light in your life doesn't mean that you just know stuff. It isn't just about knowing things. It means that you have the light of God's glory shining through that knowledge, into your heart. That's where it goes from head information to heart revelation. I'm sure all of us know some people that know a lot, but the actions, there's disconnect, right? This is what he's talking about. It's the light of God's glory that turns that knowledge into revelation. And that's what transforms you from the inside out. Fourth, you guys still with me? Where does the light shine? According to this verse, shines in our hearts, right? In fact, uh, Kieran, you guys can put it back up there as well if you want, just that, that uh, last verse there. I think it's uh, verse 6. The light shines in our hearts. We have the full measure. This is important. We have the full measure of God's glory revealed in the face of Jesus shining in our hearts right now. Makes you think about the choices you make tomorrow when you wake up, right? Do our lives reflect the incredible value of what it is that we carry? And that's what we're gonna talk about just now. Um, and then lastly, who gets the glory for the light? God. God himself gets it. That's why it says we have this treasure in jars of clay. It's not about us, it's about him. And so, you know, while there's so much to take from this passage, I hope I've just sketched a little bit on what the power of the light does for you and me in terms of us living out this this perfect picture of what heaven has in mind. And so let's have a look at our dear friend Samson and Oh, Samson, we're going we're gonna to look at just two things this morning, just two points. Um, I'm not as anointed as Pastor George. So I don't have three. I've only got two points. Um, we're going to look at two things that holding our life up to the light helps us say no to and what it what it helps us say yes to in its place. You with me? We're going to look at two things this morning from the life of Samson. Oh, dear Samson, listen, in, in doing a bit of research on this guy, I was just, again, reminded of how crazy his story is. Now listen, it's wild. This guy, this guy lived the life, okay? I mean, there's lots of crazy stuff that we see on TV, but this, this oak, this guy lived it. Uh, he was hectic, as we say in South Africa, if you're watching a line from a foreign country. This was a hectic oak, okay? He, 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 what do we know about Samson? Well, most of us probably know that he had this um, dilemma with uh Delilah, Right? The Dalala Dilemma, as we can call it. Maybe we should do a relationship series on that sometime. Call it the Dalala Dilemma. How to avoid? Uh, I'll think of a scriptural <laughs> scriptural heading. Think of a scriptural heading for that one. Um, but but he, he 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 had this issue, right? He had, he had this issue with women. Okay, so we know that he has this issue. Um, he 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 was very strong physically, very weak morally. This was this was Samson's thing, right? Um, and it's just incredible. I mean, he could, some of us know the story. Who, who, who remembers Samson's story from Sunday school? He could, he could tear a lion apart, kill a thousand men with a donkey's jawbone. I mean, that's hectic. He, 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 he could pick up the gates of a city and carry them up a hill, but he couldn't, you know, pass up a little miniskirt. <laughs> Did I just say that out loud? I'm sorry. I'm going to be in trouble when I get home on that one. But, but you know, um, and if you, if you think about why, why Delilah kept asking him, tell me where you get your strength from. It wasn't because he was like this big muscular bodybuilder. You know, and then they'll be obvious. I mean, if we have a, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger here in his prime, we're like, hey, Arnold, where'd you get your strength from? You know, it's like, well, I gym, six hours a day, obviously. It's, it wasn't that. It was, a, it was a strength that went beyond physical appearance. It was a supernatural kind of strength. Um, and this guy, I mean, we've been talking about marriage. We're going to be doing that uh, pre-marriage course uh, soon. I think Samson would have benefited from this one because his marriage lasted seven days, okay? grand total of seven days. It's, oh, it's a wild story. If, if, if I could just encourage you, please go and read Judges chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16 when you get home, just to see this guy's story. And, and if, by the way, if your name is Delilah and, and, and if your marriage lasted seven days, it's okay? there's grace for this. There's going to be a lesson in this, I promise. But do you know why his marriage ended? This is literally what happened. So he goes to a place that he shouldn't firstly and finds a wife from a people that he shouldn't. Um, and then he decides to, you know, take her home and he invites 30 groomsmen to come with. And um, during, this, during this feast, remember weddings had lasted kind of seven days or however many days it was a feast. He tells his groomsmen a riddle riddles were quite an important thing back then he, he says to, to these 30 groomsmen cool, here's a riddle uh, if you can solve it within 7 days I'll give you 30 changes of clothes some some prize money but if you can't then you owe me something right so his groomsmen obviously can't get this thing and then they go to his wife and they say listen if you don't tell us what this riddle is we're going to kill you and your father's family a great choice in groomsmen Stanton. I mean <laughs> these guys really have your back here um so anyway, she cries the entire seven days of the wedding. Literally weeps, the whole wedding. And eventually, at the end of this thing, because of her nagging, he tells her the answer to this riddle. And then she obviously goes and tells the groomsmen and they come back to him. And Samson, he is he's such a legend. He kind of figures this whole thing out. And look at what he says in Judges 14 verse 18. This is just so funny. I had to share it. He said, if you hadn't plowed with my young cow, you wouldn't know my riddle now. <laughs> I mean... Look, okay, he's not a legend for calling his wife a young cow, okay? I I wouldn't recommend applying that passage of Scripture when you get home. It might not have the desired results in your relationship. But, you know, he he gets so angry that he goes off and he randomly kills 30 Philistines, just because he's upset. Talk about emotional outlashes, right? He comes back and his father-in-law says, oh, I thought you hated your wife, so I gave her to one of your groomsmen. Yeah, have a sister instead. Literally, that's what happens. And it's just—it's an absolutely wild, wild, wild story. It kind of yeah you know, makes you know gives you a little bit of comfort to know that the things we're going through aren't new. They've been experienced for many years. But here's the thing: despite all of Samson's craziness, this is the this is the deal with Samson's life. This is where we're going to learn what it means to say no and why they're so powerful. He was designed for a far greater purpose than the ones he pursued. You see, he was, a, he was a Nazarite from birth. His birth was a bit of a miraculous thing, by the way. He sees his mom couldn't get pregnant, she was, she was barren. And an angel of the Lord appears to her and says, Don't worry, you're going to have a son, and he's going to begin to save his people from the Philistines, this Israel, Israelite nation from the, from the Philistines. But he's going to be a Nazarite, meaning he's going to be consecrated to the Lord all his days, he's going to be devoted to God. And as part of that vow, there, some, there were some requirements. There were some obligations that both him and his mom had to adhere to in order to receive the fullness of the promise that he'd been given. And this is where it gets really, really practical for us in terms of our decision-making and how important it is for us to say no. You know, some of those, some of those vows, there was three of them, right, that the angel says to his mom, that this is, this is what's, what's supposed to happen because of, this, because of this calling that's on your son's life. The first one is that both him and his mom, they could never have any fruit of the vine. What does that mean? Wine or beer. They were literally not allowed to even touch it for their entire lives. How many of us are grateful we're not Nazarites right now? Uh, it's quite a big call that. Some of us go, yeah, yeah. Me and Oom um, Johnny, we've come too far now. You know me, been walking with Uncle Johnny for long now I can't I can't give him up just yet you know um, Johnny in say four cousins Um, if you're laughing if you're laughing I'm joking the Lord is ministering this morning but but he 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 wasn't allowed to touch any any alcohol he wasn't allowed to touch any dead body anything dead that would be considered unclean or unworthy Uh, and he wasn't allowed to cut his hair now we see where the complications come in with Delilah at the end, right? That long hair that wasn't just for you know a, a hipster look; it was because this was a this was a demonstration of the vow that he had made to God. His purpose, right? God's purpose for his life. And this is where it gets really practical, and and this is where we can see what it how, how important it is to hold our lives up to the light, so that we say no to some things that are going to take away from that perfect picture, that perfect image. That Jesus has for us. And so two things, quickly church, two things. What are two things that holding our lives up to the light helps us say no to? And what do we say yes to in its place? Well, the first one, we need the light of God's glory revealed in the face of Jesus to say no to self-gratification and yes to self-control. We need the light of God's glory revealed in the face of Jesus to help us say no to self-gratification and yes to self-control. Ah, Samson. How different your story could have been if you had just said yes to self-control. <laughs> you see why knowledge alone won't, won't help this process. You need, you need the light of God's glory to shine through this. You know, and there's a, there's a, there's a phrase that Samson uses in this, in this passage in Judges that is actually kind of representative of the entire Israelite journey. Some of us will probably know this, but if you read books, Genesis, uh, or, or the whole New Testament, it says, Israel did what was right in their eyes, but evil in God's eyes. Have a look at Judges 14 here. Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah, now get her for me as a wife. Scar's hectic. But his father and mother said to him, look, is there no one among our own people, God's perfect plan for your life, this image that heaven has for you, is there no one here that you can find? Check at Samson's response. Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. You see that disconnect that I was talking about earlier? This thing between the picture that heaven has for you and what we hold in our hands because of the choices that we make. Oh man, so many times we do things that are right in my eyes, but is that the 4K quality image that the Creator has designed for you? This is where we're going this morning. You see, Samson wasn't just blind physically at the end of his journey. He was blind spiritually throughout And this is why we need the light of God's glory revealed in the face of Jesus to guide our path and to show us how to say no. You know, the Bible words it this way. Psalm 119, verse nine. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. There it is. And what is the word of God? What does it do? Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamb for my feet and a light unto my path. You know, it's amazing that the longest chapter in the whole of Scripture, almost every single verse is devoted to God's Word, His commands, His, His guidance, His instruction. I love it. The light of the knowledge of God's glory helps us on our path. And just the good news, by the way, about self-control. Remember, that's a fruit of the Spirit, right? And this is the, this is the, this is the wonderful picture that we have here. When you work in your flesh it's spiritual blindness but when you're worked on in the Spirit at sight. That's the beauty. This is what it is, Galatians 5, 22 to 26, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Friends, this morning, when it comes to saying yes to self-control, may I encourage you, allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. Allow the gardener to to till up the soil of your your heart, to break up that fallow ground again, and allow the Spirit to produce in you the self-control that helps you realise and receive the perfect picture that heaven has in mind for you. May we find the encouragement, friends, to allow that light of Jesus to shine in us that we can say no to self-gratification and yes to self-control. And then secondly, what's the second thing that the light helps us say no to? It helps us say no to stagnation and yes, to sanctification. What do those words mean? Stagnation, it's just going through the motions of your faith, not being stretched, not being challenged in any way. And what is sanctification? Set apart for holiness. That's it, set apart for holiness. And you know, isn't it true that one of the greatest enemies in the spiritual journey in our growth is the feeling of comfort? It really is one of the greatest enemies to our growth and receiving this this image, this perfect destiny that God has planned for us. You know, this thing of, I'm happy where I am. I'm content doing what I've been doing, you know, and one of my favourite ones. And don't worry, I've also said this. I'm just going to take some time out to work on myself, you know. And then when I'm ready, when I've cleaned up or when I'm right with God again, I'll come back and I'll get involved. No, no. Friends... Saying no is one of the most powerful things you can do to ensure that the picture of your life looks most like the original, the one that heaven had designed for you. You know, I've I've often wondered about Samson's journey and I thought, how different could it have been if he just did more with the incredible gift that God had given him? In fact, Judges 15 ends with this verse. And he, Samson, judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years, right? Right? Chapter 16 starts with this verse. Samson went to Gaza and there he saw a prostitute and went into her. (laughs) Samson, what are you doing, man? What are you doing in a place you shouldn't be? Gaza's like the hometown of the enemies. What are you doing in a place you shouldn't be, with people you shouldn't be around, doing things you shouldn't be doing? What happened to those 20 years? Why don't we hear of any more incredible feats of the strength that God has given you? You see, this is what stagnation will do. It'll cause you to drift. Stagnation causes you to drift. It causes you to drift into unnecessary circumstances. It it causes you to drift into places that heaven hasn't originally designed for you. And when we say no to that, when we say yes to sanctification, what does it mean? It means stepping out in faith. It means serving. It means showing up. It means asking God, what is in my hand right now? Samson had nothing in his hand, yet he could tear a lion apart. We're gonna read about that just now. And it's in the this, in this sphere of influence that you are in right now, whether that's healthcare, whether that's education, whether that's entertainment, sports, whatever it is, it's God. It's saying, God, how can I be consecrated for your purpose in this field right now? How can I devote myself to serving you, being sanctified by you where I am? God, lead me. Lead me by your Spirit. And I kind of felt this word that I wanted to just share with someone this morning. I'm not sure if it's for someone here or someone in JBay Karecha or watching online, but Perhaps perhaps the victory over the behaviours that have caused you to be in places you shouldn't be, with people you shouldn't be, doing the things you shouldn't be doing, perhaps that victory isn't gonna be achieved by correcting the wrong behaviour, but by devoting effort to growing the right behaviour. I think this morning we, we we're tired of patching up symptoms of the problem. We wanna deal with the cause. We wanna deal with the root. And my encouragement to you this morning, church, is 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 get busy doing the will of God, because when you do, you won't have time to do the will of the enemy. When you're saying yes to sanctification, you're saying no to stagnation. When you're saying yes to growth, you're saying no to falling behind. Do the right things, commit to sanctification, and watch what happens in your faith when you do. Can you say amen to that this morning? By the way, church, remember this was this was Samson's purpose, right? He was a, he was a Nazarite, remember? consecrated for God, set apart for holiness. When you're walking in sanctification, you're walking in the light. And that is heaven's perfect picture for you. Um, I'm feeling a little bit preachy this morning. I don't know. Um, With the 17 seconds I have left, bad time to feel preachy. Lord, should have happened yesterday. But um, I wanted to conclude this morning, church, um, with, with sharing something very powerful about Samson's story. So before I do, quick recap. What do we say? We say, We've said that we need the light of God's glory in the face of Jesus to reveal to us how we should walk, right? That's the light of God's glory. There's a couple of things about that verse that we touched on. We know the light is God. We know it's from Him. We know He gets the glory. We know that it shines in our hearts. And that light helps us say no to self gratification and yes to self-control. It helps us say no to stagnation and yes to sanctification. But what if, this is the question, what if you feel like you've been disqualified? What if you're sitting here this morning and, and and you saw yourself in Samson's story somewhere and you go, you know what, Lloyd, this picture that I have, it's too dark, man. It's way too dark. There's no ways, there's no possible way that the light could still shine on me. Well, I wanna I wanna share something with you from this, from this passage that I think is gonna really encourage you this morning. Um, remember, by the way, the Old Testament is a picture of the New Testament. You know that, right? Every story, everything that we see in the Old Testament, if you look closely, you will find in it hidden this this precious message of redemption that we have in Jesus. Everything in the old testament is a, is a is a picture and so Samson he's a he's a type of Christ. He's a he's a he's a foreshadow of what was to come in Jesus. Jesus being the full savior, right? Even even at his birth in Samson's birth we could see some some symbolism there. Angel of the Lord appears to his mom, you will have a son and he will begin to save his people. Who else had a angel of the Lord appear to her? Mary, right? Instead of just saving the Philistines, he's going to save the whole world. And so we, we, we read in this story how the message of Samson was actually not so much about Samson delivering the Israelites, but it was about God delivering all of us. Look at, look at Judges chapter, chapter 14, verses 5 through 9. And this is from the ESV translation. Then Samson went, went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. Just remember, what did we say he wasn't allowed to do? One. Here he is. Self-control, Samson, come on. And behold, a young lion came toward him, roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. And although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father and mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman and she was right in Samson's eyes. There's that that phrase again. After some days, he returned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey. He scraped it out in his hands as he went on, eating as he went. And he came to his father and mother and gave them some and they ate, but he didn't tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion? What's the connection? Friends, what's the encouragement that we have from this passage in terms of if you feel like you've ever been disqualified from receiving the light of God's glory in your life? Well, remember Samson was not meant to touch any dead thing. He wasn't wasn't meant to stoop that low to the ground and tarnish this image that he was called out to live. Well, in the same way, Jesus wasn't really meant to touch the leper, was He? (laughs) Everyone around Him said, Jesus, this woman is sinful. He writes in the ground. He stoops low and He writes in the sand. Jesus wasn't meant to (laughs) sit next to us in that sense, commune with us, not in the world's eyes at least. People kept saying, why are you eating with these people? They're sinners. Yet for our sake, He did. And Jesus has not disqualified you, friends. And just when you think you've gone past repair, that image of the lion, we see Jesus reaching into the dead thing of our sin and pulling out the sweetness of salvation. And, and in His hands, the hands that held the scars of our sin, they now hold the sweetness of His salvation. See, the enemy came towards us like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. We know that verse. Death as his weapon and separation from God as his aim. And what does Jesus do? He destroys death. He bore the consequence of that and he has won the victory. And now you and I get to sit in the freedom of the sweetness of his salvation. And that's why we end with this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 54 to 57. Death has been swallowed up in victory death where death is your is your victory where death is your thing the thing of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ church can you say amen to that this morning could you could you stand with me as we take a moment and pray that's that's the rain right i'm feeling more and more confident that this is the year when that drought ends that's my earnest belief. Friends, I want to just take a moment this morning, and, and if you're in um, Father's House J-Bay or Kureka, um you can hand over to your side pastors if you'd like to pray in this moment. Otherwise, you're welcome to join us in online church as well. You're welcome to kind of stick around for this, for this part. But I want to just take a moment and pray into the word that we've heard this morning. I want to specifically pray for anyone that feels like this last part of what we're talking about, that you have been disqualified because of something you've done. You know, the whole point of of learning from people like Samson is that we get to see God's grace. We get to see His mercy and how His faithfulness worked with people, even despite their mistakes. And so I want you to know this morning that there is nothing that you can do that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so Father, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, we take a moment and just reflect on the victory that You purchased for us. Father, thank you for the sweetness of salvation that is in your hands. Lord, you reached down into the deadness of our sin and you pulled out the sweetness of your salvation. You have delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of your love. Thank you, Father, for your word that confirms your truth, your promises, your faithfulness to us. It's so evident, Jesus. And this morning we just stand and just receive your grace again. And church, if that is you this morning, perhaps it's even for the first time. Maybe maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online and you've never yet said yes to that invitation of salvation. Things have felt dead. There's an area in your life that's felt dead and barren and almost unused by God. I want you to know this morning that, that you are not unusable. You are usable for a kingdom purpose. And that journey starts simply by you saying yes to Jesus. It's not a complicated process. We don't have to make it any more complicated than what it is. Scripture says, if you believe in your heart, Jesus says, Lord, if you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So this morning, I'd love to just take a moment and pray with you right where you are, if that is you. So if you are here this morning and it's kind of that feeling of your heart is racing, your palms are sweaty, I know what it's like. I've been there. I've been there too. Would you please just raise your hand long enough for me to sit and then I'm gonna pray with you right where you are. You don't have to step out anywhere. This is between you and God. This is just a moment of salvation where you're saying, yes, Lord, I receive you the first time would you please bring that sweetness out of me thank you so much church let's just take a moment to, to pray these words and if you raise your hand especially you can you can pray these words out loud and, and we, we're all going to join you in support but all I want you to say is this father thank you for forgiving me thank you for the power of salvation I receive forgiveness of my sins and new life in my spirit. Jesus, today, I believe you. As you were raised to life, I am also raised to new life in you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help me work this out all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we give God a shout of praise and adoration and worship this morning for what He's done? Thank you so, so much for allowing me the wonderful privilege of of sharing the Word with you this morning. Enjoy the rest of your day. Please come forward for personal prayer. Our team is ready to receive you. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your week and see you on Sunday. God bless everyone.